You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Kings and Lakers inside the Golden 1 Center. Normally one of my favorite nights of the year when the Kings and Lakers go to battle in Sacktown. And it has to do with the fact that usually there are a lot of Lakers fans in attendance. Now you may want to beat me up and, and call me a traitor for that. But let me tell you, the atmosphere of Kings and Lakers games in Sacramento is second to none. Even though the rivalry hasn't been strong at all really for the last decade plus, Lakers fans always show up. Kings fans always show up. It's always loud. It's always exciting. It's a great environment. We've gotten some great moments, of course, both in the past and recently, like uh, a few years ago, the Bogdan Bogdanovich game winner against the Lakers in the Golden 1 Center. It's just one of my favorite times of the year. Unfortunately, this year, there are no fans in attendance, so it's going to be a little bit different, and we found out that LeBron James is not playing in this game, so that might have a significant effect. We'll touch on tonight's game very, very briefly, but mainly on today's podcast, we're going to be joined by Brad Rowland from the Lock on Hawks podcast, we're going to talk about the possibility of the Kings being involved in trade talks and trying to acquire John Collins. What would the Hawks be interested in from Sacramento, if anything, and does it make sense for both teams to try and look at a deal like that? It's all for you on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And as soon as I found out from Shams late last night that LeBron James was not going to be playing in this game because of rest, I tweeted out something that is very true for most Kings fans, and I wonder if you felt the same way. When I read that, instead of feeling like, hey, a a Kings win is more likely because LeBron James is not playing and we know Anthony Davis is out with an injury as well, instead of a Kings win feeling more likely... Now it feels less likely because how many times in the history of the Sacramento Kings have we seen the big stars not play because of injury or whatever reason and another player steps up in a major way? If I'm the Kings, I'm terrified tonight of a massive game from Dennis Schroeder or Montrez Harrell or, hey, even Alex Caruso. Heck, the Kings just gave up 42 points to P.J. Washington with the Hornets a couple nights ago. The way Kings basketball works, it just seems like with LeBron not playing in this game, suddenly a Lakers win feels more likely against the Kings. But maybe that's just the trauma of being a Sacramento Kings fan over the last 14, 15 years talking. Regardless, it's a bummer that the King will not be playing against the Kings tonight. He will be playing in the All-Star game. It is just for rest purposes. There are no injuries. And the Kings will also be without Tyrese Halliburton. In tonight's game as Sacramento is airing on the side of caution with Tyrese. Luke Walton let us know uh, yesterday after practice that Tyrese is still day-to-day, but they're holding him out for this back-to-back so that he can go into the All-Star weekend with as much rest as possible. Also, there's a chance that Buddy Heald will not be playing in tonight's game as he did not practice yesterday with the ankle tweak that he suffered at the end of the Charlotte game. Buddy Heald said after the game that he was going to be playing. But it's not always up to him. It's up to the training staff. So we'll see if Buddy Hield will be available. We know Tyrese Halliburton will be out tonight against the Lakers. 
Speaking of Buddy Heald, we found out that he will not be defending his three-point shootout title in Atlanta for the All-Star game. He says he was invited, but he chose not to go. Uh, I actually asked Luke Walton about the Kings not having any representation in Atlanta for the All-Star game, whether or not he liked that. He said that, of course, he wants to see the Kings get that All-Star, and he wants to see them get that representation. He would be happy for those players who were able to go and participate, but he said competitively, he's actually happy that nobody's going so that they can focus on on resting and recouping and getting ready for the second half of the season and I completely understand that truthfully I'm, I'm happy that the Kings don't have any representation I'm okay with the fact that none of them are going to Atlanta with the obvious COVID risks the risks of injuries and things like that so the Kings will get that time off and I'm looking forward to seeing how, if anything that affects their play in the second half remember how good the Kings were coming off of the extra time off when the two games against the Memphis Grizzlies were postponed. So maybe they can work that magic again. Who knows? We're going to get to my conversation with Brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks, talking about John Collins, whether or not the Kings and the Hawks could work out a deal, and if both sides would be interested in a deal surrounding John Collins. Before we get to that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by CBDMD. March is National Sleep Month, and as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our good friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. They've got dozens of options to help you relax, recharge, and enhance your nighttime routine, and there's nothing more calming than a nice, hot bath. CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptic scents or a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. While CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salt, and calming natural scents to help you soak the day away. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a bath guy, and these CBD bath bombs have been phenomenal for me. I've tried all three, the lavender, the eucalyptus. They smell amazing. The soothing nighttime blend, though, is my favorite. I get out of that bath. I'm almost falling asleep in that bath, to be honest. I get out of that bath. I get all cozy, warmed up, and I go to bed. I'm out like a light. I wake up the next morning feeling 100%. To make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, CBDMD are offering all of our listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. We are off to Atlanta where there is a lot of things happening right now. Coaching changes, a lot of injuries. In a way, it reminds me of some of the struggles that the Sacramento Kings went through last season. There were high expectations for the Atlanta Hawks going for playoffs, and things just haven't worked out quite yet, although they're not down and out of it yet. But I am joined right now by the host of the Locked on Hawks podcast, Brad Rowland. We're going to talk about a number of things specifically centered around John Collins what the Hawks might be asking for Collins if the Kings could potentially be a trade partner and more. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you in, my friend. Thank you for rejoining Locked On Kings. I look forward to chatting with you today. And I actually want to start with something different. I want to ask you about Bogdan Bogdanovich. He is one of the ones that's been hit by injuries. He was a fan favorite here in Sacramento before the Kings decided to uh, to let him walk, not match his offer sheet so he could go and play for Atlanta. Before the injury, what were your thoughts on Bogdanovich? Was 
was he living up to the expectations that you and fans had for him? Was he not meeting them? What was what was the deal with Bogey? You know, it was early. It was only nine games, and I think that probably below expectations, uh, all things considered. Uh, the Hawks are kind of using him in a strange way, uh, pretty much only as a spot-off guy, and I wonder if that's going to change. I think it probably should change. Uh, he, re- he returned on Tuesday and played a little bit better, a little bit more active on the ball. Of course, he's still rusty after missing 25 games, but uh, he was okay. It wasn't like he was terrible, but certainly they were not using him as much as a, a primary as I might thought that they, that they might have and he wasn't shooting the lights out at that point in time either. So it's been a while. I think that it was such a small sample size that I wasn't too concerned about it, but I think all things considered, he was not playing incredibly well before he got hurt. Is it? Is there any buyer's remorse with how much money that, that the Hawks signed him, or is it still way too early for that? I think it's probably too early. You know, it's restricted for agency, and they, they probably overpay a little bit when, when you factor in the player option, when you factor in the trade kicker, and uh, it wasn't like a, a, big, a big steal of a deal that they got on Bogdanovich, but I think it, it is so early, and the injury factors in here to where I thought it was an appropriate-ish contract. I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't over the moon about it as someone on the Hawks side. So I feel the same way now. Like, we'll, we'll definitely learn more in the second half of the season as to how I'm going to feel about it, but for now, it's kind of an incomplete. What is the situation with John Collins in Atlanta? Is it is it a situation where he wants out, where the organization's ready to move on? Are they really looking to move on from him? Are those rumors just being bolstered up out of market to try and create some, I guess, a, a storyline heading into the deadline? It's kind of a mixture of what you said there. I think that there's no indication that Collins wants out, but he does want a lot of money, if that makes sense. So he... The reporting, and this is what I've heard as well, going into the offseason and the extension window that they had to do a rookie extension, Collins and his side wanted a max or near max extension, and the Hawks did not want to do that, which is a very normal thing. Uh, he's kind of in this weird sweet spot right now where he's too good for a lot of the like more modest extensions the guys end up signing, and he's not quite good enough to be a no-brainer max. So there's that little window in the middle where it's hard to find a deal, and that's where the Hawks and Collins found themselves. Um, I think that if the Hawks had upped their offer, he might have signed it. Uh, the Hawks reportedly offered somewhere in the 90, 95 million range over four years, and that was declined. I think if he had got to like where the, where the Jalen Brown contract is, for instance, like four for 110 or something like that, he probably would have signed it. Um, but I think, I think Collins likes it here, but he also thinks he's more valuable than what they offered him. So there's that side of it. And then on the Hawks side, I, I, I definitely defend this approach. There is no reason, and I'm, I'm, I'm on this side of it, where there's no reason to give an extension out a year early and take on all the risk if you're not getting a, a value extension. And that's that's my view on all those things. And for me, unless you're an absolute no-brainer max guy, I'm not trying to give you an extension early on unless it is a value on the team side. And that was not going to be a value. So they can match if they want to. That's a big factor here. But Atlanta has not necessarily been over the moon in what I have heard to give him a lot of money. Now, whatever that threshold is, that's the big question here. And to this point, I think the Hawks are more listening than shopping. Um, and that's been reported as well. There's been no report that the Hawks are like actively shopping him. And it's this weird spot too that we can get into if you want about where the Hawks are because the Hawks are trying to win right now. And if they trade John Collins, they're probably going to get worse in season. He is very good. Um, and that's this interesting dynamic where they, they have this pressure to make the playoffs. But if they trade him, the most logical options to do that are kind of like future-facing deals that make the team worse. 
we're definitely going to get into that. And what's interesting about the situation, too, is obviously John Collins is, is well ahead of where Marvin Bagley is at this point in time. But these these contract issues of Collins wanting more than what the team's willing to pay, I wonder if that's something that the Kings are going to run into with Marvin Bagley when his contract uh, starts to come up, assuming Bagley is able to stay healthy and continue on his slow uh, path of development. But maybe Bar- Marvin Bagley is involved in this John Collins conversation uh, in some way, shape, or form. Because I think you're right. If the Hawks are moving on from Collins, especially if they're going to work out a deal with the Sacramento Kings, I highly doubt they're getting better short-term as early as this season. However, there are potentially some pieces in Sacramento that the Hawks can add to their young core or even a veteran or two that they can add going into next season that maybe boost their playoff chances, assuming they're able to stay healthy. I'll, I'll ask you this first. In your mind, what do you feel is the likelihood of the Hawks moving on from Collins and finding the right deal? It sounds like it's it's completely up to the packages that are sent to them, not how, like you said, aggressively the Hawks are looking to shop. Yeah, I think at this point, my stock answer is that I am assuming he won't be traded with the caveat that it will not surprise me if he is. So if I had to make a wager right now, I would say that he's not traded just because of the logistics in play. Like Collins is not making very much money. He was a relatively late first round pick and his salary, for instance, is $4.1 million this year. And that's, it's hard to trade a guy making that little money in season um, when you are trying to get uh, appropriate value because he's good and he's cheap. And long-term, you know, they have his match rights, all that stuff. Uh, And I think that Again, where the Hawks are as well, it's that combination of low cap hold, where the Hawks are, the fact that he's really good. Um, you know, could they sign and trade him this summer and get a modest asset? Yes. And also the Hawks, you know, for better or worse here and mostly worse, the Hawks have had a few guys get out the door recently in the last several years, dating back to the previous regime even, where they've lost guys for nothing. Paul Millsap left for nothing. Al Horford left for nothing. Tim Hardaway Jr. even, a more modest guy, left for nothing in free agency. So they've kind of have not had a great track record of, of trading guys and getting value. So all those things considered, it would not surprise me if they traded him. But just where they are right now and what the offers are probably going to be for you know a half season and match rights of John Collins, it just seems like it's hard to figure out a perfect deal. But it wouldn't surprise me. So I'm leaning towards the not, it not happening, but that's not that's definitely not final at any point. In your mind, is there a fear in Atlanta of the losing him for nothing? It's something the Sacramento Kings just experienced, probably on a smaller scale, losing Bogdan Bogdanovich, more choosing to let him go uh, when they had potentially a Dante DiVincenzo deal with the Milwaukee Bucks done. And boy, revisionist history, the Kings would love to have that deal back and have that have worked out with how DiVincenzo's doing. Is there a fear in Atlanta, maybe amongst the organization, yourself, fans, that they will lose Collins for nothing or do do the fans feel pretty confident that if a trade doesn't happen at this deadline an extension or sign and trade or something is coming yeah I think that's it's a fear that I would say I have just because of logistics I think of the market if you look ahead to the offseason Collins is one of the best players available in free agency and especially when you factor in that he's so young uh, there's a lot of money to be spent because teams were stocking up for Giannis and all these free agents that were supposed to be there. And most of these guys have signed extensions. I guess Kawhi could still be a free agent. But other than that, that's kind of it. And I'm not saying Collins is on that level because he's not. But my expectation, as long as he is healthy and productive the rest of the season, is that he's going to get a lot of money from someone this offseason. And if it's a max offer sheet, which is going to sound like a lot, I understand, but that is not a crazy thing for someone to offer, especially because it's it's the modest you know, 25% max He's still so young that if he gets that, uh, are the Hawks going to match that? I- I'm not sure. I mean, maybe they will just to protect the asset. But there is definitely a scenario that I can see happening this summer where he hits the market 
uh, a team, you know, does, does what the Hawks did with Bogdanovich, honestly, and just makes it as painful as possible for the Hawks to match it. And if that's the case, I'm not 100% sure that they will. So there's at least a risk of that. Um, if, they, if it's the market, me personally, if I'm the Hawks, I'm making the decision now. Um, it's basically, in my mind, if I'm Travis Schlank, if I'm not willing to pay John Collins or match an offer sheet on John Collins this summer of near the max, if not the max, I am at least open and very, very open to trading him because I think he's going to get that much money. I might be wrong, but I think he's going to get an offer that the Hawks may not love. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. You've heard me call it the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors. And check this out. Because of March Madness, Built Bar is doing Built Bar magic. That will include Selection Week, a 24-bar bracket, and the crowning of the Built Bar champion flavor. Built Bar will host the bracket on their website. They will tweet out, the daily matchups, and you Locked On listeners will vote for your favorite. I'm anxious to see what seed my mint brownie bar is, and I hope that I can take mint brownie to the final four. All my mint brownie people, where are you at? Rally behind me. The Built Bars are delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're healthy. Perfect for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All the bars are low-calorie and low-sugar, but they're high in protein, high in fiber. They're also great for the keto diet. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2020, you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Did you know that you can make money on the Sacramento Kings game tonight? At BetOnline.ag, you can make money on the NBA, the NFL, college basketball, the NHL, MLB, which is coming, USL and MLS soccer, European soccer. You can even make money on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Check this out. Tonight's Kings versus Lakers game with no Anthony Davis and no LeBron. LeBron James, the Kings are actually favored in this game by three and a half points tonight. How confident are you feeling in a Kings win tonight against the defending champions? If you're feeling good one way or another, put some money down, win some money, and let me know you won on betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. If you head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Truthfully with the Kings, Brad, I don't know how much sense John Collins makes from a financial standpoint, especially with new general manager Monty McNair and and his desire to kind of keep his books open. So to acquire talent like John Collins would be a a significant acquisition for this Kings team and potentially a great pick and roll threat along with both uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, and De'Aaron Fox. But like you said, a payday is coming with it. And how much of the Kings books does Monty McNair want to lock up on another young player that maybe fits the timeline, but is not as established as maybe one of the sharks that he wants to put himself in position to go out and get, whether it's this off season, next season, uh, or a season in the future. If we know anything about Monty McNair, that is what's important to him. Uh, so I don't know if it makes complete sense, but assuming it does, 
let's look at the pieces that the Sacramento Kings have, the pieces that they're most likely to be willing to move on from. The main ones, Harrison Barnes, uh, Buddy Heald, Nemanja Bielitsen. I know the money gets tricky here with Collins only making $4 million. There's also Corey Joseph. Um, I could see Rashawn Holmes definitely being available in these trade talks if the Kings were truly interested. And then maybe even Marvin Bagley, who I imagine if the Kings go out and get Collins... I don't know if they're looking to do a a, a Collins-Bagley tandem. I almost imagine Collins would take over for Marvin Bagley or replace Marvin Bagley uh, in this core. Out of those names, anyone excite you for, hey, that could be a potential good fit that the Hawks would be interested in? That would be good value in your mind uh, for John Collins. Yeah, it's interesting. I think think on the surface, it's hard to see a perfect deal here, but there are conceivable uh, things. You know, obviously, I agree with you that Bagley and Collins together is not a great pairing um but also i'm a little bit lower on bagley i think i'm not giving up on him necessarily as a guy long term but he's not someone that i would be like over the moon to get if i'm the hawks as Mm -hmm. the centerpiece of a john collins trade he is under contract for longer which is helpful and he is younger but that's kind of a big swing obviously like you're gonna have to develop him too i mean the hawks are gonna have to develop him do the hawks even want marvin bagley is kind of the question like not that they wouldn't take it for free or anything like that but is he someone that they are in love with enough to go ahead and do that I think the most common thing is looking at their cap sheet and you mentioned the money and so did I um, Barnes is the guy that I've heard um, not, not heard like in terms of uh, actual Intel, but uh, and asking people around uh, like writers, friends of mine, and just kind of think of an idea for what the Kings might look at. It would probably be Barnes. And again, that, that requires the Hawks to you know actively want Harrison Barnes because John Collins is obviously a very positive asset and, and Barnes is making a lot of money. Now, not bad money. I think he's playing very, he's playing very well. I don't, I've, I've, got, I've actually long thought that Barnes is underrated. Um, but, you know, do the Hawks want, even PR-wise, is, can they sell a deal to their fan base that's John Collins and Tony Snell, for instance, for, for salary matching for Harrison Barnes? I think the fan base just candidly would not love that. Yeah. Now, I, I think it's better than the fan base would think it was because I do like Harrison Barnes. But right now, I think John Collins is better than Harrison Barnes and cheaper. <laughs> so it's like this really weird situation where they'd have to just be really, really, really intent on moving Collins to want to do that. Now, they, maybe that happens at the end of the line, but it's really those the two guys that you mentioned. It's Barnes on the high side for money or it's Bagley. And I don't really, other than Halliburton, who's not available, as we all know, that's kind of the only way that I can see this happening because Rashawn Holmes, I like a lot, and maybe they would as well, but the Hawks have Clint Capella and Anyaka Conwood. And, and I can't imagine them prioritizing Rashawn Holmes mm-hmm. with two centers, one of which is a lottery pick from this year. Buddy Heald, though, is it money that makes him? It. So, is, <laughs> but it, I'm interested because I, I understand completely, um, and and that's a problem that the Kings are probably going to run into with a lot of markets. There's just no, not really that much interest in Buddy Heald. Is it more the money that scares you away with him just starting that that new contract, uh, or is it the inconsistencies? His his him kind of being a one dimensional player and the fact that he's struggling with his shooting right now. Is it his fit? What what is it with Buddy Heald that makes you go, Nah, I'm I'm gonna stay away. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all that stuff. I, I think Buddy is a useful player. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be seen as saying otherwise. I think he is a, a positive NBA player. The shooting is very valuable. Um, the volume, in particular. But even you know, before the Bogdanovich stuff happened, there was lots of you know. I did a couple of Kings things, you know, either writing or being asked to go on the radio or whatever to talk about Buddy Buddy Heald as a potential Hawks option over the summer. And I just didn't love it then because the contract for me is not that appealing. Like, even if you say it's a negative, uh, sorry, a neutral value, which I think might be uh, maybe optimistic, but 
if you call it neutral, it's not the fit. The fit in Atlanta is not is not good. Um, you know, the Hawks have a small defense challenge point guard in Trey Young, who is their best player. The Hawks also have Kevin Herter, who they like, um, and who is a pure shooting guard. And now they have Bogdanovich, who you know very well, and is not the greatest fit, fit in the world with Heald. So I just don't know where he fits in there. And you throw in the money, and it becomes a situation where I wouldn't honestly. This is going to sound negative, but I don't mean it this way. I wouldn't take Buddy Heald for free on the contract that he has as the Hawks, just because of the fit stuff and the fact that he is making a lot of money, and that that is a factor here. And that and that again does not mean that he's bad. It's just the fit is not really a positive, and it's a lot of money. And truthfully, Brad, some people might roll their eyes at that, but. I, I think that's going to be a, a sentiment that's echoed around the league with Buddy Heald, that how much is his struggles currently, how much of that is on Luke Walton because he really hasn't looked like himself over these two years that Luke Walton has has been the head coach here when he excelled under Dave Yeager, even though he didn't like Dave Yeager. Uh, how much is uh, his game actually developing? As we know, he's abysmal on defense, but at least he's putting in the effort to try and improve, and he's trying to communicate this year. He's gotten better. Uh, he's an underrated rebounder, in my opinion. He's gotten better at distributing, using his his floor spacing and, and even his, uh, his shot and how much opponents close out on him to try and find lanes to the rim and, and find opportunities for his teammates. So I see Buddy Heald putting in the work. The problem is he's not 23, 24 years old putting in yep. the work. He's he's 28, now 29 years old uh, putting in that work. So how much bigger is that window for Buddy? So I, I actually completely understand where you're coming from with that. It doesn't surprise me at all. I actually expected that heading into this conversation. So it sounds like as we wrap this up, the biggest, most likely deal on the table or move or asset that the Kings could dangle in front of the Hawks is Harrison Barnes, but it sounds like that wouldn't be their number one choice. If a team comes with an equal or better, well, obviously better, but if a team comes with an equal or maybe even slightly less equal offer, but maybe has draft compensation or something else uh, attached to it, Atlanta would jump for that more than they would jump for a, a, a highlight package involving Harrison Barnes and maybe salary filler like I don't know the money. Well, no, no need to fill salary. The, the yeah, no Hawks need. are sending salary back, so maybe they try and get a second round pick out of it. I know the Kings wouldn't move on from a first round pick unless it was very heavily protected, like years in the future. So it, it sounds like Harrison Barnes is the the holy grail that the <laughs> that the <laughs> the uh, Hawks could get, which I don't know how exciting that is. Yeah, it's it's not, and I and I actually like Harrison Barnes. I really I think I'm probably on the higher end with Harrison Barnes, but it would be a an organizational uh, decision to basically say we're punting on John Collins. And with that said, you like Harrison Barnes. And there is the connection with Travis Schlenk used to be in Golden State when uh, Harrison Barnes was there. But other than that, I, I, I don't see that happening. That is probably the most the deal that makes the most sense if you just try to make me choose one. Um, it's, either, it's, that, it's that, it's Bagley, or it's future-facing picks. And you're talking about the fact that the Kings don't want to give up picks, and I understand that. So those are really the three avenues that I can see uh, sans Halliburton. And I don't think any of those are very likely. Let me ask you this as we wrap up. If you were now kind of try and put yourself in the Kings situation, in the Kings shoes, GM Monty McNair, if you had to choose between continuing the development of Marvin Bagley for, for cheap with his payday coming in a couple of years or replacing him with John Collins, the more proven young player right now, but you're going to have to pay him a, a fat load of cash right away. If you had to choose between the two, do you lean one way or the other? Um, I would lean to Collins. Um, I'm someone who's a little bit risk averse in the fact that, you know, we, we've now seen John Collins be a very good NBA player for multiple seasons and Marvin Bagley has not done that. Um, and they're not that much different in age. Obviously Bagley is younger, but not by a ton. 
So I would lean Collins just for this, just for the safety of that. Yes, they're going to pay him a lot of money, but um, you know, back, eventually, Bagley, you're going to let him go for for nothing, or you're going to you know, next year he's making what eleven million dollars as a top as a top two pick. So it's not like he's he's coming that cheap anyway. So I would lean to Collins in the one versus one. And honestly, if I, if I pulled Hawks fans right now and just said, would you trade John Collins for Marvin Bagley? I think the answer would not would not be would not, would not be kind to of Marvin Bagley. That's just I, my guess. I completely understand. That is Brad <laughs> Roland. You can follow him on Twitter at bt Roland. Does a phenomenal job covering the Hawks on Locked On Hawks. Also does excellent NBA draft coverage. So make sure uh, you listen to Brad and are, uh, are following Brad when the draft is around. If you have any question about the Atlanta Hawks, if you just want to check in on Bogdan Bogdanovich over the years that he is in Atlanta, make sure you uh, add Brad Roland in the Locked on Hawks podcast uh, uh, to your, uh, I guess, your repertoire of podcast listening that you do. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you back on Locked on Kings. I look forward to doing it again. If a trade happens, maybe we'll have you back on and we'll talk about it some more. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely happy to do it, man. Anytime. Big thank you to Brad for stopping by the Locked On Kings podcast again. Remember to check out all of his great work over at the Locked On Hawks podcast. And I want to hear your comments, your thoughts on whether or not you feel the Kings should try and make a move to acquire John Collins. Would you choose him over Marvin Bagley right now or rather stick with the Marvin Bagley development project? Let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Enjoy the Kings and Lakers tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to break down this game, plus a whole lot more. I released yesterday's podcast late where I talked to Sean Cunningham about this upcoming trade deadline and the Tyrese Halliburton versus LaMelo Ball Rookie of the Year race. So if you missed that, go back and check that out too. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.